Welcome to The Gathering Pod, the audio version of my weekly gathering room broadcast. I'm Martha Beck. Let's talk about today's topic, which is tuning yourself to joy. Not turning yourself to joy, but tuning. The reason I'm talking about this is that I recently went into a spate of new readings. What happens to me? I don't know if this happens to you. I suddenly become obsessed with a certain type of book. Like when I was working on the creativity stuff for the Practical Wayfinding program that is just finished, I got obsessed with creativity books, all the latest research on it, innovation, the brain science of creativity. And then I kind of started hitting the same things over and over. And then suddenly everything was like all about energy and the physical body, especially since I've got my Jesus foot happening. So I've been reading about energy. And one thing I read that made that for some reason resonated literally with me more than it has in other ways uh, is the idea that if you have two guitars in a room and they're tuned the same way, so they're tuned to the same exact pitch and you put them across the room from each other and then you pluck, say, the G string on one of them, the G string on the other one will also begin to vibrate and make a sound. So it's actually being um, pulled into action by the resonance of the other guitar. And I, I know that this is real. I mean, I'm obsessed with the idea that everything is energy. I really believe that. And yet every time I'm reminded that energy tunes to other energy, it's more, it's, it's a little more of a surprise for some reason. And one of the things that I've been doing with my foot, my through and through spike foot, is something that Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor told me to do. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, she was on talking about her brain science book and she'll be back soon to talk about it more. Oh, that's going to be such a good time, you guys. A couple of weeks from now, August 22nd. Anyway, back to the thing. She said, your foot's been maimed. So every day you put your two hands close to your foot, but not touching it. And then you start to emanate love through your hands the way you would if you were holding like a a little duckling baby that you just pulled out of the freezing water and it was shivering in your hands, like give it that amount of just love. So I I was doing that. And um, the main sensation in my foot having a pin through it is this sense of electrical energy. At first it was like I'd stuck my toe into a wall socket and and got that, that not pleasant feeling of being electrocuted. And it just, kept going for like days on end. Well, then it got so that it was only when I put my hands like that and it would go or when I got cold. But either way, um, the pin would start to react inside my foot with like either it gets cold, that's a different story, or it gets this electrical energy and then it goes and after a while I realized it's not an unpleasant sensation. I actually kind of like it. But one day my foot was got really cold and it was really hurting. And I didn't, I just didn't have the energy to like you know, lean over my own body and cradle my own foot in the air. So Rose said she would do it. And I was like, cool. So then I just lay down, closed my eyes, and Rose started doing electrical work on my foot. And the first thing I thought was, dude, don't you don't have to push it. I opened my eyes because I thought she was giving me like a heavy-duty foot massage. Because I could feel one side of on one side of the foot, her hand was mashed against my foot, and the other one was pushing it like this rhythmically. And I opened my eyes, and she was just like this, like she was nowhere near the foot. 
And I was like, okay, that's really weird. I lay back down and sure enough, the pin, like a lightning rod, was conducting all this electricity. And I just lay back and started to enjoy it. But I had to keep opening my eyes because the sensation of someone actually physically manipulating the foot was so strong and so convincing. And, it, and then afterward, not only did my foot feel better, but I had like the best sleep I'd had in weeks. And I thought, I gotta go back into this energy thing. All these energy related books are sort of coming to my attention and it's all happening in my body right now. I gotta remember this thing. And I started to look back on the times when my energy has been very high and you may have had this and it can be high in any way you want. It can be angry. It can be sad and depressed. It can be joyful and loving. Any way you tune it, you pluck that string out in the world are all the other guitars, right? All the other people, all the other objects even. And if they resonate to that frequency, if you're tuned to the same frequency, that string will pluck and you'll start to hear it, see it, observe it coming at you from the world around you. If you were the one plucking the first guitar string and you saw the other one start to vibrate and make a sound, you might think, oh, that's happening to me. But if you re recognize that it's happening because you plucked the string on your guitar, then you can say, oh, how interesting, I made that happen. So over the past weeks, I've had such interesting examples of like thinking about, for example, I was talking to someone about Union Street and how they had a, a beautiful spiritual experience in Union Street. And suddenly, I started to hear the phrase Union Street from all over the place. And there was even, <laughs> there was a tornado that came almost directly over us. We were like crouched in the basement with our phones on watching the, the, the storm cell pass. And they were like, this is as dangerous as it gets. Go to your basement, get in a bathtub. It's gonna blow out your windows. And it went right down, um, it went right near Union Street in Lambertville, which is a different Union Street than I'd been thinking about before. But it's just, and it, part of it is selective attention. You notice something and so when it pops into your attention field, you pick it up, yes. But I've had things where I, I remember thinking about a friend one day and then getting up, I was in a library. I was thinking very intensely about my friend who was a professor at Harvard and I got up in the library and just marched my way into one of the stacks. Remember stacks in libraries? Yeah, they used to have them. And I would, I walked right up to a certain book that I didn't know. It had a plain cover and a boring title. I pulled it out, I opened it to a page and there was the name of my friend that I'd been thinking about. So it's hard to say that that one just floated past my reality. Guys, when we pluck the strings inside ourselves, they are powerful and they get resonance from the outside world. And it's palpable, like get a pin put through your foot and then have somebody do this around it and you'll see, you'll see what I'm talking about. But I, so one of the books I was reading is called The Energy Codes by Dr. Sue Mortar. And she has an exercise in there that I wanted to try on you guys. Einstein said that genius is knowing how to hide your sources, but I was too well trained. I, I, I believe in attributing things to other people. So I always attribute my sources. Um, so this is Sue Mortar's idea, not mine, but I loved it. So what I want you to do is 
picture yourself as a big resonating field of energy. Pretend that you're made out of gold, some metal, you know, because it's like you're a bell. You're you're a bell, a big heavy bell that if you strike it or a gong, it goes and you can physically feel the energy of that resonance in your in your sternum all over because you are that strong in energy. Now, what I want you to do is imagine all that metal. You're going to crunch it down. Actually, this part is mine. Crunch it down into a wad of metal as heavy as you are. Okay. So whatever you weigh, that's how much the wad of metal weighs. And you have it on a rope and you are very strong and you can swing it like a, like a soap on a rope <laughs> or a mace or something. It's this big, big ball of metal and you can use it as an anchor. So here's what happens to most of us. We think that what's outside us is what's causing everything we feel and experience. We are anchored, we anchor all our energy in the outside world. And if we're focused on something in particular, like the news, okay, like what's the news about global warming or the COVID-19 variants or whatever it is, we can get fixated on like that. And it's like we take that ball of metal and we cast it and we land it like an anchor on the stream of information about the Delta variant or the stream of information about global warming, end of days, end of days. Or we may decide that somebody has the answers for us or could ruin us. Say you have a negative fixation on someone. It could be a politician. It could be someone you've never met. It could be an enemy from within your own circle. Whatever it is, think of someone that you're afraid of and imagine swinging that ball of metal and boom, anchoring all your energy on that person. So now it's like, I've got to control this other person because that's where my energy is. Now, what it does for them is it kind of fills them with energy right? So they're resonating hard to your fear of them. You're thinking they are great and powerful and can destroy me. And what are they thinking? I am great and powerful and can destroy you. So you're getting the same resonance from the other guitar and it's not something you want. Now try this. Take your anchor, your wad of metal on your rope, and I want you to start it swinging. And I want you to look at me here on your computer or your phone or whatever it is. And I want you to think, I do not believe this, but I want you to pretend to believe it. She's got the answers. She's got it figured out. I could get, I know she could help me. If I could just get some of her time, she would be able to tell me my entire fortune and everything to do with it. I've had a few individuals kind of project that at me over the years. So what I want you to do is just get your little anchor ball and swing it and land it on me. Boom. An anchor on me. I want to see if what happens to Sue Mortar happens to me. Yeah, I can feel it. It's a very strong. And it's just energy. It doesn't like I don't believe any of it. I hope you don't believe any of it, but I can feel it. And I actually feel myself. Yeah, it could totally be the placebo effect or the nocebo effect in this instance, because I'm feeling very like kind of anchored on. So now all of that was just to do this. Nobody outside you can be your anchor. Nothing outside you can keep you stuck or save you. So what I want you to do is pull that anchor back, 
swing it around a little. And I want you to imagine that it goes up above your head and becomes light. And then it's gonna pour down into your body through the crown of your head. Imagine it going right through the center of your head and down through your throat and down through your, your esophagus and down through your, past your heart, through the lungs, down past your navel, all the way to your pelvic bowl and then on down your legs or down into the earth, yeah? So that's your, it's the anchor that flows through you alone. And it's a tremendous energy. And if you, oh gosh, that feels different to me. It's like, it feel, it's, it's like the pin in my foot, but it's through the, the whole of me. Because what's happening to me is that you are resonating with your own power. And what that does is it tunes me to the resonance of power. So the part of me that is resonant with your real self, which is rooted in your energy, you're giving me room to breathe, space to rise, joy to be found simply by going, making your whole energy light that goes through your own body and anchors you to the earth. In, in martial arts, when I did karate, that was called keeping your center. If you had a root going right from the bottom of your pelvic bowl into the earth, then even a very big person who was off center is easy to topple. You just boink, push them because if you're in your center, you're using the energy of the earth. They would say, when you throw a punch from there, it's the earth punching the other person, not you. So that's how a very small opponent can beat a very large attacker, right? So I just felt that and it was like a gift to me. And now I can be in my own energy more strongly and that lifts you and that lifts me again and that and it creates this benevolent cycle where we can all rise together because we're tuning to each other and we're putting our energy where it belongs in our own center and at that core place, if you can locate your energy there, and they actually call it turning your eyes inward in yoga. If you can see that, that blade of light going all the way up and down your center and you're focused on that, that is joy. That is love. It's made of that. It can't be anything else. Now, you may be stuck in an energy that's that's really difficult and you're not able to do this. You can't feel it right away. I know a lot of you are feeling it because I can feel it. I can feel you feeling it. But never fear if you keep working and you keep trying to find the right resonance. And sometimes you can find someone. That's what I was doing with Sue Mortar's book. You know, she has a high resonance. Reading her book brings mine up. When I read Nisargadatta Maharaj or Byron Katie or whatever, it, they pull my resonance to theirs. And then I find my own power at that particular note. So I'm tuning myself, tuning myself. And I really, really encourage you to do this. Um, whenever you're feeling offish, use someone else who's in tune to just walk, find your own zone, picture your own energy going up and down, and it will reach that resonance because you're in connection with another person. And that is how, as a community, we can give each other joy by keeping our energy where it belongs inside. Yeah. Hello, the lovely peoples. This is Marty, Martha, inviting you to a free masterclass that I have made called Five Paths to Your Purpose. 
Probably the most common question I get from people is, how do I find my purpose? Why don't I feel that I'm on purpose? Well, it turns out there are certain things you have to do to find your purpose, and I broke them down into five, and I made a little masterclass about it. So if you'd like to see it, just go to marthabeck.com slash purpose, and you will be able to watch it without any charge at all. Okay. So Judah says, how do I know if I'm vibrating along with someone else's anger or joy if I'm the one plucking the string? Pretty much an empath like most here. Yeah, you were here last week. That's just the thing. If you're highly empathetic or empathic, what happens is that a strong energy comes into the room, whether it's happy or angry or sad. But mostly when it's negative, an empath will go over there and think, okay, I'm sharing that resonance. Now I'm sad and I have to make them happy or I can't be happy. That's trying to use the other guitar to tune you and that's not possible. So use the exercise I just gave you. Picture your energy as soon as you give it to another person. Blonk, you've thrown it over there. It's not yours anymore. It's not inside you. The way to make sure that you're tuning your own guitar is to pull that energy back, make turn it into light and pour it through your own body. Now the angry person's over there, but you're looking inward at your own joy, at your own peace, at your own vibrancy. And you can actually, because you're looking away from them and into the self, it's not selfishness. It's a way to restore the balance of joy in the room. And then the other person may start to, to resonate in time with that. And then you're giving them a gift. Look, speaking of resonance, um, you may know that Ro and I do a, a podcast called Bewildered, and it's for people who are trying to figure it out. And the the our logo is a bird escaping from a cage. And guess what I found randomly popping up online the other day when we were going to, to do a podcast? The exact shape and form of our logo when I was thinking about that particular logo. And it like, I don't know how my computer would have known that that image was important to me. It popped it up. And that's just another example of how I plucked the string by focusing on the image of a bird escaping from a cage. And the universe gave me a literal image of a bird escaping a cage. It's crazy. So Amy says, is finding your center like Wu Wei? Wu Wei is Chinese for doing nothing. And the the Taoist term is way wu wei, to do without doing. So it's not just like you're lying there. You're doing things, but you're not doing them in the outer world with energy and effort. And I would say yes, to a very great extent. But there is a, there is a little bit further that it goes. If you want to go into true way wu wei, get that energy running down your body and get it inside yourself, tune yourself to joy, love, remember things that make you happy, bring that ego state in, you know, tune it to, with people's books and, and podcasts and, and videos that you, that bring you into resonance. So once you get really calm, now imagine that the force is a river of energy that is just moving slowly and beautifully through the world. And it's taking everything with it, like, like the Amazon river, but bigger. And it's, it's shaping every life and it's forming every feeling and it's divine and it's benevolent and it loves you. And if you lie back and see that light of energy in you now joining the Tao this way, the force, so that there's no physical you, there's just energy moving inside the field of energy that is the way, the Tao. Then 
stuff starts to happen through you that you don't even plan. It just, it, sometimes your body will get up and do things. Or sometimes you'll just send out such a bolt of energy into the world that things happen around you. And this has happened many, many times with um, people that I've known who are at a very high vibrational level, like Anita Morjani last week or Jill Bolte Taylor a few weeks before that. People around them experience physical healing because their experience of healing, Jill Bolte Taylor from a massive stroke and Anina Morjani from death by cancer, they've both healed that in themselves. And the resonance of health and recovery is so recovery from illness is so strong in them that they can just, you know, go sleep in a hotel some night and the person next door never sees them or knows who they are, just gets up feeling better and goes out into the day a little bit more attuned. I've had people come back and tell me about experiences like that where they just didn't know why they suddenly felt better. And then they realized they'd been in the proximity of someone who was at a very joyful level. Pam says, that's interesting because I've been visualizing that blade of light lately. I've been calling it my heart mind. That's so interesting. I the, the word blade just came to me a couple of days ago. I hadn't been using it. It was like a blade of grass or a blade of steel. And one thing I'm noticing a lot as I talk to people like you is that we're starting to use the same metaphors, the same language, the same visual imagery. Um, we're painting similar pictures and uh, listening to the same music or making similar music. I've talked ever since we began here about the transformation of consciousness and the team of people who are here to transform consciousness inside this body. So to transcend the feeling of being a doomed, isolated, merely physical animal and become conscious of ourselves as energy using these bodies, which are forms of energy too, just a little more dense. Well, that team is gathering. And that's why I call this the gathering room. My friend Boyd Barty um, puts out a podcast and he calls it, he ends it with find the others. And we're all finding each other, right? And now even our, we're starting to get that hive mind effect where the same ideas come to the same, to slightly different minds in slightly different ways. So we make similar artistic creations because the creator in us is starting to move us in unison. So I love it that you said that, Pam, and I've seen a lot of that happening in my life where my metaphors are corresponding to other people's metaphors. Ah, Claudine says, what happens when your energy is very low from sadness? I'm having trouble feeling self-love. Okay, this is a great, great question. Because all of us, when we get low on energy, when we're tired, when we're hungry, when we're lonely, when we're sick, when we have a spike through our foot, whatever, there's going to be a time when all that high lofty stuff just goes in the toilet and you're like, I hate this and I hate everything about it. And um, I just want this to stop. It's miserable. First of all, let it be. Never ever try to push or constrain an energy just because you, it's not the one you like best. Allow it to be the wounded self, like my foot, you know, Jill is saying, put your hands like this around your own foot and offer it the love you would offer a little sick, dying, or a little animal you just saved from dying. Give it that kind of love or the love that Roe is emanating into my foot. 
my broken, broken foot. Jill was very specific. She said, tell your foot it's okay that it's broken. It's okay that there's there are pins in it and it doesn't know what's happening. That's okay. And you love it anyway. So Claudine, what I would ask you to do is literally put your hands like this around your anywhere around your own body, your trunk, your head. And while you're feeling sad, just offer the words of comfort to the part of you that is sad. So say things like, it's fine that you're sad. It's okay, but I'm here. Can you feel me? There's more outside the sadness. You've been outside the sadness before. You know, even if it's only moments, even if it's only been a few special experiences or in the middle of deep sleep, there's a place of comfort. Sadness is not everything. Anger is not everything. Uh, fear is not everything. There's love here and it's coming right at you. So you resonate around the pain and it starts to, like the pins in my foot, it starts warming up with that electrical energy. And what happens is it's such a strange thing to have this cold metal in my foot and then feel the electricity and then feel the electricity warming it. And then when it reaches my body temperature, it's not uncomfortable anymore. And you can warm your own emo emotions like that. Just wrap that sadness in love and let it be sad and what, see what happens. It'll start to change its tune, literally. Stephen says, if you feel you're attached to someone's energy in an unhealthy way, is there a way not only to detach, but keep yourself detached so that you don't feel like that attachment is happening automatically? It is happening automatically because you're so used to it. And for many of us, it's a pattern. So Stephen, I'm sure for you, it's a pattern or you wouldn't be asking the question. It's a pattern for me too. And I remember, do you remember the movie that came out many years ago? It was called Wag the Dog. And it was about a bunch of politicians who decided to change the whole national story by creating one news story about a fake war. And they had a fake war hero and everything. And they were trying to use this made up story to shift popular opinion. Of course, it wouldn't work the same way. And then in the days of the internet, but on t when there were only a few stations on TV, it would have worked. So the whole movie, it's a dark comedy about how they try to make the tail wag the dog. When you notice that you're having really, really strong reactions to another person, like if they're not happy, I can't be happy. If they're angry at me, I feel like I've been bad, even if I know I haven't done anything bad. If they're sad, I feel like I have to stop my own joy and get sad with them to keep them company you're letting their guitar do the tuning and you're the resonant string. So what you do then, use this exercise. You have thrown all your energy over to them like an anchor and you're now anchored in them. Yeah, I'm mixing metaphors like crazy. It's my favorite thing. So wherever your anchor is, that's gonna wag you. <laughs> that has a lot of energetic weight. So what you do, Stephen, is the moment you notice that you've lost yourself, you've left yourself, and it will be a feeling of loneliness, a feeling of sadness, or maybe resentment of the other person. Pull back the anchor, hand over hand, turn it into light, pour it down your own body. Now they're over on the other side of the room, having a conniption fit and almost all your energy, give them 5% of the energy, that's all they need. 95% of your energy is watching the blade of light that is glowing in the center of you, that is born here to be a representative of the divine. You know, that's what you are. And it doesn't, it doesn't bend to somebody else having a grumpy day unless we allow it to. 
So bring yourself back and be the one who tunes the guitar. Don't let the other guitars bring you into their resonance unless it's something you love. So use the guitars that are in tune and don't resonate with the ones that are that sound horrible. Okay, Sandra says, equine therapy is supposedly helpful to ground one's own energy. Do you have any thoughts on that? I know horses have a very sensitive nervous system. Yes, they do. Hi, horsey. And for quite a long period of my life, and I wrote about this in Finding Your Way in a Wild New World, I loved being with horses and using horses in the kind of coaching. I kind of modified my coaching and learned from horse people how to modify the horse work because the, the horse is a very tender guitar. Here's this huge animal. And if you feel even slightly like anxious, the horse will be like, what, what did I do? I'm sorry, what, I, I gotta go now. The horse will get very, very anxious. And so by working with horses, I learned to bring down my own natural um, energy of anxiety to being much quieter. And I did that by using the horse as a biofeedback mechanism. If I could get calm in myself, the horse calms down because they are beautiful energy sensors, horses are. But so are dogs and cats and probably even goldfish. I don't, you know, every creature, every plant out there is energy. All of it is the energy of the Tao. All energy of the Tao moves together when it can. And we are very unusual in only one sense. And that is that we can intend to tune our energy one way or another. I'm not sure a horse can do it, but I can. And as long as I'm the one in the room that has control of my own energy, I need to take responsibility to get that in tune first. And then everything around me, everyone around me, if it's free to come to that frequency, will start to tune itself to joy as well. So do this and you'll start to see that joy is much more powerful than any of the other emotions. So when you start resonating with joy, you'll see many more synchronicities and miracles and healings happen. And um, have a wonderful week playing with this. And I'll see you back here on The Gathering Room in a week. Thank you so much for being here. It's a bewildering moment to be alive. That's why Martha Beck, me, and Rowan Mangan, me, created Bewildered, the wildly successful podcast for people trying to figure it out. Most of us are trying to fit society's expectations about how we should live, which is stressful and confusing. On Bewildered, we look at topics like perfectionism, what it means to have enough, anxiety, and creativity to see where the culture may be pushing us all away from the lives that truly fulfill us. If you're bewildered, if you want to think and you love to laugh, come join us. For almost 30 years, I've been teaching people to do something that I call reading your internal compasses. I believe we are all born with direction-finding mechanisms that are inherent in us and will help us find our best destiny. Uh, a few years ago, though, I realized that a lot of people were getting very, very anxious. And this is true. Anxiety is going nuts all over the planet. So I spent five years researching and writing a book about how to read your compasses and lower the anxiety that's getting between you and your right life. And I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out in 2025. But I would love to teach you about it before the book comes out. So this summer, I'm doing a course called The Wayfinder's Compass, Moving Beyond Anxiety. And you can check it out by going to marthabeck.com slash 
compass, and we will have a fabulous time putting you on course for your North Star.